This is Cyber Defense Radio with your host and cybersecurity expert, Gary Malefsky. Gary brings to you another globally recognized cybersecurity executive in the hot seat today. Sitting in my hot seat today is a great guest. It's Dave Purdy, and he is the VP of Sales and Business Development, one of my favorite companies, TX1 Networks. They are the leader in OT Zero Trust as an OT native player for the IT and OT convergence. Dave, welcome to the hot seat. Hey, Gary, great to be here. Uh, first time participant. Uh, hope I survived the hot seat. Oh, you're going to make it. It gets warm, though, as we go along, starting, starting with OT. Uh, so the idea is let's enhance manufacturing. Let's automate it. Let's bring the Internet to this world of manufacturing, but also critical infrastructure, power, energy, transportation. What does that do to us? Are we at more risk now than ever? Most certainly. It, you see it in the news frequently. Uh, it's been featured on 60 Minutes three times uh, in the last six months. Uh, attacks are escalating. Uh, COVID actually put a lot of these air gap systems back uh, online on networks, which increased the threat uh, surface area for attacks. So, yeah, it's you're hitting all the right industries. It's anything that's critical infrastructure, not just water and power, but public transportation, um, and now manufacturing, pharmaceutical companies, uh, automobile manufacturers, automobile suppliers. Um, nothing's off limits. It's a very low cost method to disrupt the U.S. economy. And uh, yeah, you're right. The, the the need is escalating, and uh, the convergence between IT and OT is uh, increasing the risk in these in these critical infrastructure providers. Dave, the White House has put out a directive. The DOD's put more pressure on CMMC. Am I getting the acronym wrong? No, I think you have it right. Then there's the TSA directive. There's lots of movement in this direction. So, so much movement in this direction because we've seen things. People heard about the Colonial Pipeline that woke up a lot of people. Uh, you know, the attack against a watershed in Florida where the hacker was able to break in and move the move the gauges remotely and the dials and gauges this is really what we're talking about with ot absolutely i mean you're gary that's exactly what's going on um you know even if it's not a ransomware attack there's attacks that are designed just to impair product quality so to make something break in the field or to make something break later in the manufacturing process um one example that uh i've had relayed to me multiple times is you know, an aluminum can manufacturer supplying a ma major beverage company and the the tensile strength of the aluminum can was impaired because they went, you know, three tenths of a millimeter thinner and ran off and printed a hundred, hundred, uh, hundred thousand or hundred million cans. And then once they were populated with product, they all collapsed because the tensile strength wasn't there. There was no ransomware component to this. It's just a real good way to disrupt uh, the U.S. economy and the supply chain, you know. There's an auto auto supplier that had manufacturing capacity um, taken offline for a number of weeks, and that impacted their ability to produce their parts for GM, Ford, and Stellantis. And there's long-term cost implications for that company as well because they lost market share as a result of it. So wow. yeah, this is this is a this is like a really pervasive issue. And what's become clear is you have to have an OT native response to these threats because a lot of these industrial control systems. They've been, if they were using IT technology, the IT folks have refreshed that technology 5, 10, 15 years ago. So we have to support legacy IT technologies that are in an OT setting, as well as all the modern uh, automated factory equipment that's being developed today from semiconductors through robotics, through more discrete manufacturing. So 
Um, anyways, there, there's a lot of moving pieces to this, but OT native is a critical component to stopping this threat because the IT tools don't talk the language of these industrial control systems. It's a critical issue and we can't just band-aid cybersecurity vendor solutions. We have to go from the ground up. Tell us how you've gone from the ground up to do this as an OT native vendor. Yeah, so one, I think there's three pillars to this uh, in, in that kind of formulate the value prop around OT native. Mm -hmm. So one is uh, low latency. So uh, we cannot put heavy software agents or disrupt networks in any way where latency is anywhere, anyhow impaired. So that, that's step number one. And to do that, you have to be able to understand the various protocols that run in these environments. So in manufacturing, like the predominant one is Modbus. So there's Modbus and 210 plus additional protocols that we support. We can't, we not only can see that it's Modbus, but we can actually control commands on the plant floor in the industrial process workflow so that that's Modbus. Oh, that's Modbus trying to write to a machine. That machine should never be able to be written to. So we can actually take action that um, is very lightweight because it speaks at the protocol level, okay? Mm -hmm. And it's focused on preserving the availability of that process. So we're not gonna kick up false positives like most OT tools do that are installed in the OT environment. Um, and the third thing that we're doing, Gary, which we didn't talk about earlier is because the skill set in cyber, there's a huge shortage of cybersecurity skills, right? Like that's pretty well known. In OT, the skill shortage is even more pervasive. So we've created auto learning tools that will look at the network traffic in these industrial processes, surface what's running on that network or within that manufacturing line and bring it back to the client and say, hey, should these 23 protocols be running on this manufacturing line? And oftentimes like, no, there should only be these 11 protocols. We can stop all the other protocol traffic right there with a simple policy change. So it's, it's very low latency, it's high availability and it's auto learning. And those can't be accomplished by taking an IT security stack and pushing it uh, into an OT setting. Um, the, the IT suppliers, they're not gonna, they might be able to see that it's Modbus or Goose or Ion. I'm geeking out a little bit on protocols here, Gary, but they're not gonna be able to take action based upon the protocol command levels. We call it level two, level three um, inspection of these protocols all done in real time. You know, we're not, we're not slowing down a manufacturing process to intercept this because we only speak to the protocols. We understand them in the most intimate manner of any other security company on the planet. Now, how do you do that, Dave? Are you eavesdropping like a, you know, a span port? Are you non-inline piece of hardware, software? I've heard you even have a USB stick for OT emergency situations. Can you tell us kind of how are you deployed uh, in the network architecture? Yes. So uh, everything I just said from an OT native perspective, we have a software endpoint agent. It's called Stellar, not that the product matters, but so we have it. So for equipment or a, a, a human machine interface terminal or an engineering workstation or a SCADA device um, where there's machinery that can accept an endpoint, we'll, we'll put our software endpoint on there. And it does everything I just described from an OT native perspective. If it's equipment that cannot set, accept a software agent, maybe it's a you know $5 million robot. We have equipment that goes in line, either higher up in the network, like in the Purdue model, like between three and three, five, or all the way down to an individual machine. 
Uh, we have a, a portfolio of products that go from a small form factor to kind of a rack mounted to provide network segmentation and inline protection of those devices without introducing latency. It's FBGA type technology. Uh, it's a bump in the wire. We're not processing that traffic. We're reading it in real time. And if the device fails, the network is not taken down. It's a fail open architecture. We've got proprietary uh, port pair technology we use with this, this network IDS IPS solution so that if it fails, the operation will not be protected, but it won't take the manufacturing process down. That's critical. And that's that's where the, the IT folks aren't engineering to that level of availability. We're focused on machine safety, human safety, low latency. It's a very different design priority than any IT provider uh, is currently operating under. And what, what was the purpose in creating that USB stick? Can you talk about that? Because that sounded yeah. really, really innovative. Yeah, it's, yeah thank you. Uh, I You teed that up for me and I missed that one. So I talked about the software endpoint. I talked about the network, um, the protection device. Those are our kind of adaptive solution that goes with within a plant or within this an industrial process. But those environments also need to have perimeter protection. And here's what I mean by perimeter protection. Um, these the automation that goes into these uh, environments almost always is maintained and managed by a third party. And those third parties come in with their laptops and non-maliciously they can introduce malware you know, into an industrial setting. So we have a huge business of companies that may have a $2 million manufacturing facility. Maybe they have eight guard shacks. Well, each of those guard shacks will have one of these portable security sticks so that the contractors can have their devices scanned very quickly before they go on site to deliver service. That's one use case. Um, so, so that complements how we're protecting the actual plant or the industrial process. This could, go, this, could, this could be an oil field, this could be an oil rig, this could be all kinds of environments where, where people have to be scanned before they come in. And, and that's, it's a great audit and compliance tool. It's a great way to show your cybersecurity insurer that you're taking actions to, to protect the organization. And the other thing we've seen, and there's some examples of China doing this, the other thing we've seen is that goods in transit, brand new goods that may be manufacturing goods going into a manufacturing installation, they may be intercepted in route and infected with malware. So we now have entire, uh, this is big in the semiconductor space, we have semiconductor manufacturers that want to know from point A to point B in the supply chain and everywhere in between that the device hasn't been contaminated. So they're having their suppliers scan the device after it's manufactured. And then once it's received by the semiconductor manufacturer, it's, it's scanned again to make sure it left clean and it arrived clean. So that portable security stick is a powerful tool to, to be able to, per, per, to per, protect the perimeter, protect the perimeter uh, and protect the supply chain. So it's, it's a little but very powerful tool. It's a one-two punch. You're covering both angles. And, you know, there's been a lot of accidental, we always use the term malicious insider, you know, 80% of breaches happen from the inside out. Uh, it's not always done on purpose. It's not always a person maliciously doing it. The kids played with the laptop, right? They installed right. some malware thinking it was a free game or a free app or something. And they got backdoored. And now they're trying to bring that trusted device into a building. And it's it's got a big hygiene problem, which could cause critical infrastructure breach. Phenomenal. Absolutely true. Phenomenal company, phenomenal solution. Um, what What can people do? Uh, as a next step, and who would you recommend reach out to TX1 Networks? Uh, would it be anybody in any critical infrastructure manufacturing? And where where should we send our viewers and listeners? 
Yeah, I'm going to take the easy way out on where to send them. I'd just go to tx1networks.com. Um, it's a great way to get more familiar with the company. Um, and, you know, where to start, um, I think it's it's a different journey for each company. But mm -hmm. I will say the portable security is is oftentimes a good onboarding uh, because people uh, were working with a large transportation company, I'll say, um, and just by going out and scanning, they were finding uh, 917 potential incidences a month. And then they realized, wow, this is pervasive across our, our portfolio of manufacturing facilities. But yeah, I, I would start with our website. Um, there's ways to contact us there. And you've kind of done a very, not kind of, you've done a very good job of explaining to the audience what critical infrastructure is. Uh, this is becoming very well known. The White House is helping drive awareness around it. And I think TX1 is carving out a very unique swim lane that the OT people really appreciate. The operational technology folks, we're talking their language because they don't want to take the operation down unnecessarily. Uh, in many cases, their profit model is around keeping the plants up and running. They don't, they don't want to take a plant shutdown to fix a security problem. We can adapt to their needs during plant shutdowns to introduce in a very thoughtful manner, these different protective mechanisms. Uh, the IT solutions aren't deployed in that manner and they don't have an appreciation for the OT stakeholders' concerns. More proactive, uh, strong protection versus just visibility, which may or may not work all the time. Dave, is there anything else you'd like to share with our viewers and listeners that we haven't covered? There's a lot, been a lot of talk about the convergence of IT and OT. Mm -hmm. um, and that goes back at least 10 years, probably more like 15. IT and OT, I believe, they are not going to converge because the IT tools have been enhanced to support OT for a lot of reasons we've referenced in our conversation here, Gary. But I do think IT and OT convergence uh, will occur with best-in-class OT products and best-in-class IT products going up to a single soccer sim. So from a IT is probably going to own the monitoring and visibility of the threat landscape and threats that are present in an OT environment but I don't think it's going to come through an expansion of IT specific software products that are pushed into an OT environment. I think you need best in class IT, best in class OT with consolidation up into a single simmer sock. So that's a very different spin on IT OT convergence. That is a vision and great advice. Dave Purdy, VP of sales and business development at TX1 Networks. Folks, if you're going to go OT security, go OT security native with one of the most incredible companies, TX1 Networks. They've, they've really done this a step ahead of their competitors. In fact, I can't find many that understand OT at the level they do. You've been listening to Cyber Defense Radio. Stay tuned next time for another amazing and informative episode. CyberDefenseRadio.com is proudly part of the Cyber Defense Media Group, where InfoSec knowledge is power. Cyber Defense TV and Cyber Defense Radio have launched 24 by 7 by 365 live streams. Visit them online today at cyberdefense.tv and cyberdefense.radio with your host and globally recognized cybersecurity expert and my good friend, Gary Milewski. <laughs> <laughs>